in hindsight, looking back at the experience, I know that all the darkness that it took to see the light, like it was almost a requirement, especially for me. Like I needed to have this experience of the flames of being faced with these things that maybe I never wanted to be faced with in order to burn away maybe some of that confusion and allow for me because I've had to have compassion for myself and my own experience to have that experience and prepare me to be able to give this compassion and understanding to other people. Hey, you feel that? You are now tuned into You Feel That with Bryce the Third. Yo, and welcome back to another episode of You Feel That with Bryce the Third. No beating around the bush. Today we're getting into what some would consider to be a heavy topic, and that is loneliness. That some that would consider it a heavy topic is me. No, I'm playing. But for real, loneliness is something that I've experienced consistently since I was a kid, having to have had the experience that I have had to be able to turn it into what it is that it is now, something that empowers me to be able to transform these moments of loneliness into solitude, which is something that contributes greatly to my life. But I've had to have the experience of feeling like nobody is there, nobody can understand, nobody gets it. To even be able to have the contrast for what it is that I want my life to look like, the people that I desire to have around me. Because not everybody is for you. Not everybody deserves to be in your circle. And how and who I'm willing to spend my time with. I'm going to get a little personal today. We're going to get transparent as usual. And I'm going to share a little bit about my own personal experience. We're going to do a little bit of comparison between loneliness and solitude. And then we're going to cap it off by figuring out how we can develop a healthy relationship with ourselves. But before we get into it, a word from our sponsor, me. So before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by my Patreon, Bryce the Third. Look at this. Ooh, Bryce the Third. Ooh. I get it. You're mad emotional. There's not really a supportive place to be yourself, your emotional self. You want to learn how to harness these emotions and use them for good. You no longer want to be debilitated by these heavy emotions, but you want to be empowered by the ways that you feel deeply. You want to dig into more tools, more resources, and overall just take your life to the next level. Well, let me tell you, my friend, you are doing yourself a service by even listening to this podcast because you are exactly who I made this podcast for. And if you want to help take this podcast to the next level, because I'm always growing and I'd rather grow with friends, hop on over to my Patreon. There's three tiers that you could pledge a monthly subscription to. Tier one is to show us some monthly love and help us take this thing to the next level perpetually. With tier two, you get access to a weekly text group that, trust me, you want to be a part of. With weekly motivation, reminders to give yourself compassion at just the right time, and updates on the newest products before anybody else gets their hands on them. And in tier three, not only do you get access to the tier two text group, but you get a special shout out at the end of every episode of You Feel That. So basically, you become a damn celebrity. However you decide to show up is greatly appreciated, and I'm aiming to give you three times the value of whatever it is that you put in. Because you know the universe helps those who help themselves. You can find a link to the Patreon page in the show description of whatever you're listening to your podcast on. And if you're on YouTube, it's down there in the description. Now let's get to the show. All right, let's get straight to it. Some of my earliest memories was feeling like I was not understood, feeling like wasn't anybody there for me to the capacity that I wanted people to be there for me or felt like I needed to be fully expressed. When you talk about like dharma or like what it is that maybe in this life we're here to experience, to be able to learn the lessons that we specifically need to learn. Loneliness is one of those specific lessons for my life. 
Like when it comes to interpersonal connectivity, like friends or associates or whatnot, like even when I look back when I was a kid, like I would latch on to other people. I would feel like I wasn't worth shit if other people didn't want to be around me. I tended to see myself through the lens of what it was that I thought other people saw when they looked at me. And therefore, if nobody was around, did I even exist? How can I put together the pieces of what it is that I am if there's nobody's lens to look through? And what this would lead me to is like putting on masks, always feeling like I had to pretend to be someone I wasn't so I could appease other people and keep them around me because it was necessary for these people to be around me for me to even exist. So I would put up with a lot of shit that didn't necessarily feel organic to who it was that I was because of my want to have to have people around me. And if I wanted to get like super transparent or super specific, when I was a kid, uh, my mom's husband at that time, uh, my sister's dad would always kind of make me feel like I sucked for like what it was that I naturally was. Like everything that I did was something that, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Or, you know, I was a little chubby kid. So it's like, oh, fat people eat pizza like that. Or why are you wearing your hat to the back or pull up your pants or woo woo. Like, it's, and this is in the, the household that I was in. And it was some other things too that maybe one day in the show we'll get into. Like this isn't the Bryce therapy session, but there were some identity issues. My name was legally changed to something else it wasn't it wasn't Bryce for some years so I was born I'm born Bryce I'm Bryce Ronald Cobb the third and my name was legally changed to something else for like six six years and that led to like some weird shit and wanting to feel like I belong somewhere but not never necessarily feeling like I belonged anywhere and even people who had come to know who I was like now they don't know me anymore because my name changed and kids is weird and it, it was it was a lot but like underneath it all was like my my want to feel like I belonged somewhere and because I felt like I didn't I felt fucking lonely and then what would end up happening because I would put these masks on and try to be someone that I wasn't so that I could fit in and always have somebody around me was I felt like I was alone even when I was surrounded by people because I knew that these people didn't really know me. You know, these people didn't really know me. Like these people know what it is that I'll do to stay around and and they think that's me, but this ain't really me. Like if it was up to me, we wouldn't be doing this or we wouldn't be here. Or we wouldn't be saying this or we wouldn't be wearing this or whatever. So I would still feel a fucking long. And that was a majority of my childhood. Like even when it came to like, like a lot of, if you, if, 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 I've been me the whole time, <laughs> but when I look back, like it's a lot of false confidence. And then, you know, I, I began getting blowed and, and getting around people that maybe I shouldn't have been around and doing things that maybe I shouldn't have been doing. And if you look back and see like the look on my face, it may look like confidence or it may look like, oh, he, he, you know, he bossy in his, his ways that he move and, and he, you know, but it was false confidence. It was really like a mask to mask up the fact that I really felt like I didn't belong anywhere and I was fucking lonely. So that's one flavor of loneliness that I experienced. Now, let's fast forward a little bit into my adult years. I had my first kid when I was 15 going on 16. Their mom, both of my kids had the same mom, was 14 going on 15. And from the time my son was born until about three and a half years ago, I had kind of been in a not super... Like it wasn't established crazy intentionally. It was just like we were both attracted to each other and began to 
build this thing, like this relationship. But it wasn't like like now, like I would, there's a lot of steps that go into like intentionally building relationships. But back then we was kids, you know, you got a physical attraction. I like you, you like me, you you pay attention to me, I pay attention to you. Like we really fuck with each other. And then the more time went by, like we really fuck with each other because like we, we were basically growing up together. And then, you know, a lot of, I, and I'm really, I'm really like shortening this story. And I, and I know there's a lot of things in this, like I was hurtful. I, I wasn't, I, I, I didn't always show my appreciation. There was a lot of, in my adult life, what we, what I would call non-faithfulness. There was a lot of bullshit in the game, but it was my reference point for connectivity. And the reason I share all these things, because I want to be completely fair to to all parties because i know like depending on who you ask about a story like there's gonna be like all different types of angles and the reason i'm getting super transparent about these things is one because that's what this show is for and two because i really believe that everything happens exactly as it should but a lot of the things that happened in that relationship because we were kids growing up together it didn't really have a reference point because of where we're coming from and i can really only speak for myself like there was a lot of things that i did that weren't necessarily representative of what it is that i would do today there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding that went into my contribution to that relationship and it was it was a lot of nastiness but on the flip side like it was a lot of beauty it was a lot of love it was a lot of connectivity companionship it was a lot of sticking it in and and not giving up and and really like really being there and like no matter what no matter what no matter what happens like i i know that i can come home and you'll be there and i, I felt like that was the same You'd have to ask her, but I felt like it was the same energy on this end. I share all that because you got this guy from 15 and I'm 32 now. And just three years ago is when that relationship ended. When we decided that the best thing for us to be able to do for our individual growth is to go our separate ways. And boy, was I introduced to uh, a flavor of loneliness that I had never had an experience with this like maybe there were some things that since I was a kid I didn't I didn't pay attention to because I didn't have to because like maybe there were some things that maybe if I would have had that time to develop an understanding of myself without the presence of somebody around I may have delved into that but I never really got the opportunity to do that because I never really had to because I always had this person around so now there's this guy in emotional recovery Feeling like he has everything figured out, feeling like he has a pretty strong foundation in his understanding of the world. And then the relationship that he had been in since he was a kid is gone. And I was just introduced to a whole nother flavor of loneliness. It was dark. It was it was. It was a lot of it was a lot of despair. It was almost like you, know, you ever um, when I was a kid, there was this feeling that I would have like if I would go somewhere and my mom wasn't there, I'd be homesick. And that's because I had made my mom my home. So wherever my mom was, like if we if she was there with me, we could stay there forever. And I'm like, I'm not tripping. But if I go and I'm away for her to, from too long, it's like, ah, well, you know, it's time for me to go back to the crib. In this relationship that I'm that I'm speaking of, that, you know, the super duper long term relationship with all of these identifications like built into it, like not only am I Bryce, but I'm Bryce in this relationship. What ended up happening was that became my home. So when it was no longer there, 
like I was homeless. <laughs> like I was a spirit. I'm a spiritual, emotional vagabond. And it sent me spiraling and introduced me to a flavor of loneliness that I hadn't experienced up until that point. Now, the beautiful thing is I had some of the process to be able to like I had some process. I had somewhat of a foundation of emotional work. So I wasn't just starting from scratch. And this is why I want to make this episode, because I want to be like clear and transparent and open and honest. But also, like, I want to make sure that you have these tools as a reference point to be able to refer to just in case you go through some shit like this, because this shit was tough. It's almost as if like my car was gone and I had, you know, Every now and then, this curve, my spiritual spiritual understanding would like, you know, get a flat tire. I change the tire. I have an oil leak. I take it in and get the oil changed. Or maybe maybe a headlight will be out. I go get the headlight changed. You know, just different things that would happen in life. That's like, okay, I got to put maintenance on the vehicle. Maybe I got to take it in for a tune-up. But this this life instance, like this, this circumstance in my life was like my fucking engine blew. <laughs> a lot of the things that I come to understand in life, like they, the things that held me up to that point were no longer substantial and the engine blew. So I, it was, I had to begin the process of taking that entire engine out and replacing it with a new engine. And I think maybe it hit me a little harder because of, like I said, like my personal dharma of having to deal with loneliness and maybe even how that relationship may have been formed was that from the very beginning, I have been running away from this feeling inside of me that didn't feel substantial enough to be with itself. Like I was I, maybe when I was a kid, like I was maybe that played it. And there's I'm not taking away from the love and appreciation and companionship and, and true and true connectivity that came from that relationship. But I, I know that there is a piece of how that relationship was formed when I was a kid. That was just me trying to get away from having to be with myself. Cause like I really didn't fuck with myself. And every time I sat alone, like it was like, uh, I'm not necessarily content. I need a person or a place or a thing to kind of like get me outside of this discontent. So when that relationship was gone and now I'm in my adult years and I've begun this emotional relationship with myself, I was faced with, that monster that I had been running away from since a surety and none of the things that I had built emotional tools, spiritual tools that I had built up into that point had prepared me for what was to come next, coming face to face with this, this personal mountain of embracing loneliness. So like I said, I already had a foundation of work. So immediately Where's the books at? What do I need? A big help for me at that point in time that helped me to kind of like develop the new engine that would go into the car of my spiritual wellness would be Ajahn Chah's Food for the Heart. Big, 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 big introduction to some Buddhist principles that began to allow for me to allow for the process that was taking place. The, the, the spiritual cleansing that was 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 going on. There's a book that his his mentee has as well called Who Ordered This Truckload of Dung, Ajahn Brahm. J. Krishnamurti on Love and Loneliness was a big one for me. And there's this book series called Getting Past Your Breakup that I really delved into. I think it's Getting Past Your Breakup, Getting Past Your Past, and it's a couple other ones. Very, very big helps and started to send me on a path of healing from these things that didn't even ha necessarily have to do with 
the relationship in general, but this relationship ending was the catalyst to the beginning of this process of embracing being alone that maybe I have been running from since a kid. And all of these books, I'm going to list them in the show notes. You can go in the show notes and find links for all of these books to be able to go and grab them yourself. If you're going through something similar or if you just want to have these on your bookshelf just in case these things come up and happen in your life. But it wasn't all like just tapping into books and like really having the tools because a lot of the tools I didn't have. So I was really scrambling. I felt like I was falling. I didn't have a home. I'm a spiritual vagabond, a spiritually emotional vagabond. I felt like I was falling and I'm trying to grab on to something, but there's nothing I can grab on to. And there was nothing I could hang my hat on. Because I had never fully embraced being alone. So I'm grabbing on to things like day naps and moving and not sitting still and trying to put my business in the hole that the relationship had left open. And none of these things are substantial because none of these things will ever be substantial, at least in my life. Like I needed a, a spiritual and emotional answer to this this hole that was in my spirit. And we'll get into some of these things that I was able to use that helped me along my path. But I did want to complete this circle of like my personal experience where it's like I told you where I've come from, like since I was a kid. Then I told you like what really like set off this path of healing that I didn't even necessarily know that I needed to where I'm at now. I'm still growing. I'm still growing. I mean, right now I'm full hearted. I know I'm complete. I know I am there and we only know what we practice. Right. So when I say I know anytime I ever say I know. That just means that I am currently practicing accepting and understanding and having compassion for myself in this manner and in this context. And I know that I am complete. I know that I am whole. I know that I need nothing outside of me, person, place or thing to complete me. I know that I am inherently worth everything in the world. I know that I am complete. In hindsight, looking back at the experience, I know that all the darkness that it took to see the light, like it was almost a requirement, especially for me. Like I needed to have this experience of the flames of being faced with these things that maybe I never wanted to be faced with in order to burn away maybe some of that confusion and allow for me because I've had to have compassion for myself and my own experience to have that experience and prepare me to be able to give this compassion and understanding to other people, to be able to give this to you in a way, to, to, to let you know in a way what it is that I've come to find my worth. And because I find my worth, I don't have to tell you that you are worth, you are 100%, you are whole, you complete, but I will. But because I exist, like you can see what the, what the potential is for you. But if it wasn't for these experiences, I wouldn't have this understanding, I wouldn't have this mindset, I wouldn't have this spirit set. So I had to have that experience. And that just speaks to how... It is important that we embrace what it is that life presents us instead of like running from it, repelling it, you know, pushing it down. Because like say, say immediately after after, you know, that split, I went and got, you know, a girlfriend and, and spent two or three years, you know, just getting in this like I'm, I'm like I'm I'm still running like I'm still running, you know, and it, I'm just speaking for me like I'm still running like I had to have had that experience. I'm, and I'm still I'm still single right now. Like I, 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 I continue to and I'm still finding things that I need to heal within myself. And what I'm finding is that the more work that I do within myself, the more I'm clearing a pathway for somebody that holds themselves to the same standards, does similar work that allows for them to 
love and, and contribute in a healthy way. Like I'm, I'm making space for that. It's like, you know, uh, I, I posted some on Facebook the other day. It's like the food is in the oven. It's just up for us to set the table. That's my job. So my job is setting a table for the meal that is on its way. It's an inevitable, it's, it's an inevitability is to continue to work on myself. And the more I work on myself, the more I find things that need to be healed. You know, the more I work on myself, the more I, I equip myself to be able to show the love that I, I really would like to show to somebody, you know, imagine, you know, really, really being attracted to somebody, but you don't got, you know, the financial, the financial capa- capabilities to be able to take this person on a date or whatever it is. Right. Like, it's like, well, you know, I'm leading, I'm leading with the cart, the, the horse is in the back. Like I need to heal myself financially. I need to get myself in a position to be able to contribute in a way that I, I want to, like, I want to share these things with people because now that I'm holding, I'm full hearted. Like I really want to share it, but I have to continue to work on myself. Um, but the experience was definitely, definitely necessary. And when I say I'm still growing, there's still, there's still mad shit to learn. And I feel, like I said, every day I learn more and more about myself and, and, you know, every other day, maybe I learn more things that need to be healed and I continue to heal those things. So I, I, I I shared, I shared this part of the story when we're talking about loneliness, I wanted to get this out because I wanted to, one let you know that if you can relate that you're not you're not alone like this is like this is significant this is a significant experience and also like i want to share like like there is light at that end of that that tunnel like when it feels the lowest and i felt like and i'll say it i'll say it like i say it loud like i I felt like killing myself and i didn't necessarily want to I didn't necessarily want to like end my life. I just didn't want to feel what it was that I was feeling anymore. So like that thought would come across my mind like, oh man, like I would like for this fucking feeling to stop. And I don't know any other way for this feeling to stop except for, you know, to kill myself. And I'm a person in recovery from alcoholism and substance abuse. So then like the, the second thought would be like, what would be a fun way to kill myself? And then it's like, oh, drink yourself to death or, you know, get high. And it's like, okay, I need to go to a AA meeting. <laughs> I need to get my ass to a meeting or I need to tap in but it's just like these are this is not an insubstantial experience like if you've experienced these things this is substantial don't ever let nobody tell oh you just get over it just go to the club just go get another girl just hey man come have a brew with us hey like no this is like just like when we put and i will use this analogy to the day i die just like if we put our hand on the stove and it burns we can ignore the burn like oh you know cool and then our hand will burn off, right? Like irreparably. Or we allow for the pain of that burn on our hand to tell us that it, we need to pivot. And we listen to that burn that allows for us to make that pivot for our wellness. The burn is telling us you need to change your circumstances for your wellness. Are we going to listen or not? Are we going to listen or not? You know, so I just wanted to share my my personal experience to give you some background on where it is that I come from, what it is that I've experienced in, in the context in concerning loneliness and, you know, where it is that I'm at now. Like I'm 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 in this I'm in this boat with you all for real, for real. So, yeah. So I want to share an excerpt from this book, Love 101 to Love Oneself is the Beginning of a Lifelong Romance by Peter McWilliams. This will be the second time that I've referenced this book in an episode of You Feel That. So, you know, it must be great. You'll be able to look in the resources section in the show notes of this episode and see the link to be able to go straight to grab this book. And trust me, it's worth it. Please get it. So the excerpt says one of the ways the illusion of romantic love hurts most is when it turns the glory of solitude into the ache of loneliness. 
The idea that when we are alone, we are missing so much by not being with a significant other causes loneliness. Of course, almost everyone needs interaction with other human beings. This is natural. Human beings are social animals. What is normal but not natural, that is common but not necessary, is to feel anxious or hurt when not physically near someone we care about. The idea that there's, quote unquote, something better has a way of destroying the moment. And the illusion of romantic love is one of the most popular something betters around. Comparing what we have with the imaginary notion of what we could have can cause loneliness. Oh, man, that's powerful. There's so much in that. The idea that there's something better has a way of destroying the moment and the illusion of romantic love is one of the most popular something betters around. What is normal but not natural is to feel anxious or hurt when not physically near someone we care about. That right there was me. That right there was and can be me if I'm not actively practicing being very aware of my emotional state and my motivations in the context of interpersonal relationships. Now I want to start distinguishing the difference between loneliness and solitude. And this is one of the biggest indications that the experience may be loneliness instead of solitude. And that's comparison. So loneliness only exists in the context of what could be what used to be or what I wish was like something is always better than what is. And if something is better than what is, I don't want to be here. If I don't want to be here, I can't be present. I can't be present in the moment and take advantage of this opportunity to build a relationship with myself. And that's what loneliness can be. Loneliness can have a poisonous connotation that takes us out of the present moment and into what we long for or what we wish was again. And that just isn't beneficial to allowing us to live an empowered life. Some of the most common ways that I've used to deal with loneliness rearing its head is to find distraction. You know, alcohol, food, drugs, sex, work, exercise, TV, white chocolate Reese's, other people, anything I could do to get away from the feeling that something isn't here that should be here. And the relationship of what's not here to my worth, because I'm not worth spending time with. Or I'm the type of person that doesn't have people around him. All in all, loneliness just kind of fucking sucks. Like there's really no redeeming qualities to loneliness in my experience. But when we take loneliness and contrast it to solitude, which is the healthy manner of being by ourselves, which is the remedy and solution to loneliness, if you ask me, which is what comes out when we put loneliness into the transformation chamber of the emotional work that we set forth to partake in here you feel that what comes out on the other end is solitude when we take loneliness massage it look for the lessons look for what is here to show us just like when we take pain from the stove that we touch and turn that pain into wellness by pulling our hand back away from the flame same goes for loneliness and solitude when loneliness pops up there's something that is not being tended to there's something that we can pay attention to and learn from loneliness and we could transform it into solitude solitude is acceptance of what is it is not pushing it away it is embracing the fact that nobody's here right now nobody's around in this moment there's nobody except for me and matter of fact since i'm here i might as well be good company and what ends up happening is when i work on being good company with myself i end up becoming good company that attracts the company that is equivalent to the company that i'm becoming so now i am a person of quality because I'm working on myself. I can spend time with myself. Nobody wants to spend time with somebody who can't spend time with themselves. Why would I want to do that? You don't want to spend time with yourself. The whole reason you spend the time with me is because you don't want to be alone. 
using solitude, like turning loneliness into solitude is is using loneliness as the catalyst for healthy relationship building process with ourselves. Now I get to learn who it is that I am. I get to learn what it is that I like, what it is that I dislike, what it is that I want, what it is that I don't want. I can use this time to develop a deepening relationship with myself. And now that I become that person who has begun that process and I I begin to be able to see myself, to allow a space and create a space for myself, allow myself to be expressed. Now I possess the ability to be able to show up for somebody else, to allow for somebody else to be expressed, to allow a space for somebody else, to allow compassion and understanding for somebody else. We can't give what we don't possess. Solitude is the arena that allows for us to possess what it is that we are looking for. We become what it is that we are looking for. And then what a miracle. What a shift of perception where it is like, wow, I was looking for this thing, but I'm this thing. I don't have to look anymore. There's satisfaction in the moment. Oftentimes, and this is a practice. This is a practice, a practice, a practice, a practice. Reason I say this is a practice because this is something that to this day, like if I don't practice it, I can get right back to, oh, I'm fucking lonely. And I wish that this person was here. I wish I had the ability to spend time over here or do things with this person. Transforming loneliness into solitude allows me to look at this circumstance like, hmm, there are some things that I'm unsatisfied with. I'm alone. Hmm, The best time to work on these things will be now. Imagine if I had like, a partner in this moment, right? Like, or, or somebody who's like super companion and I hadn't established that, oh, I'm, I pr- produce media. I, like I produce content. I need two or three hours to be able to set aside within any given week to be able to create the content that I create. I would never have gotten to this point to where I'm creating this show. This show was bred out of loneliness, which was transformed into solitude which led me to understand like, oh, this is what I desire and this is what I value, which led me to ideation around building the show, which led to the show, which led to these tools that you are able to pick up and apply to your life. Loneliness turned into solitude allows for creative boredom. And we hear the word boredom and we're like, no, nah, we don't want, I don't want to be bored. I don't know. I, I always want to be doing something. Boredom is where some of my greatest ideas are created when nobody's in my ear. When I'm not in my ear and I'm allowing myself the understanding and compassion to just be in a space by myself, that's where I get some of my best ideas. When I'm bored, creative boredom, solitude allows for that. And the reason solitude allows for that is because it's not loneliness. Loneliness has this energy of, oh, I wish somebody was here right now. But the whole thing is, whatever it is that we are in this moment will be whatever it is that we are in any moment. So if I'm the type of person that I need something outside of me to complete me, no matter where I go, that's going to be the case. And I emit that energy, which attracts the same energy. So I might attract somebody in my sphere, but whoever it is that I attract is going to be somebody along the same lines of needing somebody to complete their energy that doesn't sound like interdependence to me that sounds like codependence and what i've learned in my solitude that i've been forced to have is that i desire interdependence i desire i desire companionship that allows for me to work on me you to work on you and then we come together and put those two works of art together solitude is important solitude is important and i didn't i think before before the split in that relationship that I described to you all, I didn't, I had no reference point. I didn't know what the fuck solitude was. Like there was times where I spent time alone. Maybe I went in the basement or maybe I went somewhere else in the house 
But usually, like, I'm coming to fuck with you because you in the house. And as a matter of fact, like, that's my go-to. <laughs> you know how you smoke cigarettes? And this is not to compare a relationship to cigarettes. But, like, when I quit cigarettes, I smoked cigarettes, Newports, for the longest. And then when I quit, like, it was like, oh, man, I would have these inclinations to, to pick up a cigarette or do something with my fingers because that's just what I fucking did. When I was bored, I smoked a cigarette. So solitude is just important in helping us to develop a deepening relationship with ourselves. It allows us a time to intentionally cultivate a relationship with ourselves and in essence, learn to love ourselves. This is where self-love is birthed in those moments where ain't nobody the fuck around except for us. How they say a face a mama can love. (laughs) Ain't nobody here but me. Don't nobody really understand but me this. But this cultivates strength in ways that we could never even have imagined because I've gotten to know myself a little bit more. I could be in a room full of 500, 600 people saying one thing and I'm saying the opposite. And I'm okay with the fact that I'm saying the opposite of what you all are saying. And I believe in what it is that I believe in because I've been sitting here looking at it and and going through it and having compassionate understanding and developing an understanding of what it is that I've come to believe. Solitude. Solitude. So before we get up out of here, we're going to get into a couple of ways that we can develop a healthy relationship with ourselves and turn loneliness into solitude. First and foremost, and like this is this really like this section, this section should just be called the mindfulness uh, journaling section. <laughs> like all the tools just seem to be the same, but it's like these are the different contexts of the tools that I've come to be able to use. But yeah, mindfulness, acknowledge Acknowledge that there may be some toxic loneliness in in my life. Acknowledge that this doesn't serve me to sit around and mope and really feel like I want to die because somebody else is not around me right now. Acknowledge that there could be a better, better use spent of my time. Acknowledge that I want to be empowered because nobody has a monopoly on this, right? I'm just giving you the tools. If you, if this, what you choose to do, if you want to turn this into an empowering experience is here for you. You don't have to, like you could do whatever it is that you're doing. If it's working for you, right? That's, that's, that's the freedom to live. That's the freedom to create our own lives but mindfulness like we can't lean into something that we don't know is there so if i don't know that this is loneliness and not necessarily solitude if i don't know that this thing is having a negative effect on my quality of life i can't do anything with it so to acknowledge it feel how it feels maybe give it a name i did a lot of work with my counselor where it's like the color of it the color of it and it was very dark it was like dark purple and it was like in my gut, like between like my gut and my heart. And it just fucking sucked. And it was like I swallowed this lump. If I would have gave it a name, I would have called it Squiggle, Squig Bloops. I don't fucking know. That's not even a good name for it because that, that kind of sounds mischievous. It was not mischievous. This shit sucked. But putting some awareness to it allowed me to identify it. And once we identify it, we could work through it. Just like a knot in our back. If I got a knot in my back, if I don't know where it's at, I can't massage it, right? If my back hurt, but I'm sitting trying to rub on my nose, like I'm not going to get rid of it because I'm not paying attention to where it's at. I'm not even in the area where the ailment is at because I've been paid attention. We can't lean into something that we don't know is there. So pay attention. And it's a practice. If I stop paying attention to myself today, unproductive loneliness can creep back up on me. This is not something that we do once and then it's done. It may be a substantial load that maybe we've never looked at these things. For me, I don't think I there were some things I had never looked at. So there was like this intense period of like healing and work and then being like, damn, I haven't healed from this yet and healing and work. And then being like, damn, I haven't healed from this yet and healing and work. Shit, today, today I can go through somewhere pops up. And now that I work with compassion and understanding, it's like, damn, I haven't healed from this yet because healing is never a linear process. And I've learned that through experience. So I give myself the understanding and compassion that allows for the process to be the process. Even if three years, I might still feel some type of ways. 
I mean, it's part of the process. What I'm going, what I'm going to do? Ignore it, or what I'm going to beat myself up for feeling the ways that I feel? No, I'm fucking human. I'm fucking human. And this is exactly what the process is because it is the process. If it wasn't the process, it wouldn't be the process. So what I'm going to do beat myself up about it. That's adding process on top of the process unnecessarily. So allow it to be what it is, but acknowledge it, acknowledge it, pay attention to it. Be aware, continue to pay attention. Don't put that down. Of course, we got journaling. What journaling has allowed me to do is begin a conversation with myself that maybe never existed when I didn't have to have one. When I always had somebody to have a conversation with, there were some things that I didn't talk to myself about because I, there was no need for it. Journaling allowed me to get these things out on paper and, and to this day continues to show me areas that need healing, areas that need celebrating, areas that maybe I didn't know existed before or just new, new things, new things that I find out about myself. Community, 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 places, places that you can go people you can get around that may be going through the same things so like i mentioned earlier the getting past your breakup book there was a whole facebook community where i can go in and see that other people were going through some of the same things that i was going through share my specific journey and look at other people share their journeys and look at people commenting on what their journeys were and having people comment on my journeys asking specific questions due to my specific experience and having people chime in that are going through the exact same things don't seclude Solitude doesn't mean that you seclude. You don't need to seclude. Solitude means embracing our own energy. Maybe for the first time. For me, it was for the first time. Community. There's a community for everything. I'm telling you. We are in the information age where if you pick up your phone, you can find free community for everything. And I'll list some in the show notes too. Some that I've used that have been helpful to me and others that maybe I haven't used but look to be a a good free resource because I want to make sure that you have all the tools available to be able to develop a good relationship with yourself. And finally, because I don't want to hold y'all all all day, embrace yourself. You may have never met yourself before this moment of solitude. So see what pops up. And in moments of boredom, if you feel like drawing, draw some shit. If you feel like playing the piano, play the piano. If you feel like doing art, do some art. You want to watch a TV show, watch watch a TV show. You want to pay attention to the TV show in a way that, that, like, damn, I want to make my own TV show, do that. You want to go to the park, you want to go to, like, that's the coolest thing about being by yourself. You don't have to, you don't have to consult with anybody about what move you make. (laughs) You can just move. You have the freedom. You could pick up right now and go to the Caribbean islands. I got two kids and I still can move how I want. I'm a full-time father. And there's still times where it's like, okay, when they at their mom's house and I'm by myself, I can wiggle and move however I want to. Even if how I want to is showing up in this podcast studio and banging out this podcast. Learn yourself. Continue to grow in that relationship. You may be shown things that you didn't even know that you cared about or talents that maybe you put down and never picked back up because you got consumed with things externally, people placing things externally. Now, solitude is the time. Solitude is the time. And the thing about loneliness, loneliness wants to pull us in all these different directions and have us chase after things. So like, think about companionship. Like if I spent my energy on chasing after a woman to spend all of my time with at this point in time in my life, I wouldn't be somebody worth spending time with, if that makes sense. There's still a lot of things in my life that I want to develop and grow. Still a lot of strengths that I want to develop and grow still a lot of abilities that I want to be able to develop and grow in my life that when somebody does show up that's equivalent to what it is that I've been putting into my life like I have something to offer I become somebody of substance I can contribute 
And that's what a lot of my time in solitude is spent doing. I want to create. I want to create these platforms. Like now is the time. I want to work on my money. I want to get my money up. I want to. I want to put myself in a position to be financially wealthy. Oh, now is the time. Otherwise, I'll be up under somebody. Interpersonal relationships require energy. The great thing about solitude is we can give that energy to ourselves. Let me eat that. That's me. I think that's one of the best places, if any, to end the podcast. I think we can end it right there. I hope that you heard something today, like if you related to any of my experience, that you you heard some some context behind these tools that allow for you to reframe your circumstance in a way that empowers you to, to take the reins on your life. You don't have to be lonely. And loneliness turns into solitude with just one shift of our perception, which is one little shift of the eye. I probably share this in multiple podcast episodes, too, where somebody told me recently that a miracle is not necessarily a person, place or thing coming from outside of your life into your life in a way that magically shows you some things. But like a miracle is just our perception shifting in a way that allows for us to see what was already there. And I think that's what solitude is. You already know what it is. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star rating. If you got any five-star tools from this episode, means the world to anybody considering listening to this podcast. If they're anything like me, an avid podcast listener, I'm looking at them stars. And if they got anything less than four, I ain't listening to that shit. So when you go over and leave a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, that allows for us to make that great first impression and attract these new listeners that come on board and, and enter the community. The contest to enter to win one of five free You Feel That with Bryce the Third Caps and it's very, very crazy quality is still live till 11, 11, 21. You can enter in to win one of these five hats. All you got to do is leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you have an Apple device. If you don't have an Apple device, come on over to YouTube and go in the comments and answer this question. What has been your experience with loneliness in your life and what tools have you used to cope with it? And you will be entered into the drawing to win one of five Bryce the Third hats. Share this podcast episode with five people. I'm pretty sure you know at least five people that can benefit from some of these tools shared in this episode. Follow me on social media at Bryce the Third, B-R-Y-C-E-T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D, B-R-Y-C-E-T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-O. I'm on your Instagrams, your TikToks, all that, all that. Follow me over there. And for today's quote, I got two because I couldn't pick one. The first one comes from John Cage. It is not irritating to be where one is. It is only irritating to think one would like to be somewhere else. And the second quote is from Dog Harmerskolge. Pray that your loneliness may spur you into finding something to live for, great enough to die for. I'll catch you all next time on. You feel that? With Bryce the Third.